Side Hustle Show 302, catching up with the $30,000 a month piano teacher, how he grew his business while cutting his hours 97%. What's up, what's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because you've got one life. Why not optimize it? For the last 18 months and probably much longer than that, optimization has been the name of the game for Jacques Hopkins. You might remember Jacques from episode 223, where he broke down how he turned his piano playing hobby into a really successful online business at pianoin21days.com. At that time, business was doing great. He was doing around $20,000 a month, had a bunch of happy customers. He quit his engineering job to focus on it full time, but it was that full time thing that was hard to get away from between customer support email, social media, phone sales, and all the other day-to-day tasks, it was taking a full 40 hours a week to run. Now, if we fast forward to today, Jacques has systematically whittled that back to just 10 minutes a day, or call it an hour a week. And that's to maintain the business at its current level. And of course, Jacques isn't one to sit still, so he's using his newfound time freedom to work on more strategic growth projects and his other project, theonlinecourseguy.com. Now over there, as you'll hear, he's following his own proven success recipe just in a new space. So I invited Jacques back on the show for this Where Are They Now episode to hear about all the little optimizations he's made that freed up so much time and improved his bottom line. PianoIn21Days.com is now doing around $30,000 a month in sales. Stay tuned to hear how he discovered and plugged up his most costly time leaks, his biggest strategic shifts in pricing and sales, and how you may be able to apply the same ideas to your business. Notes and links for this one, along with a free PDF highlight reel summary with all of Jacques' top tips from the call are at sidehustlenation.com slash Jacques2, that's J-A-C-Q-U-E-S, and the number two. Now, whether you're selling piano courses or providing service to clients, you're going to need a reliable way to get paid. When I need to send an invoice to clients or advertisers, I rely on our sponsor, freshbooks.com. It's got invoicing, expense management, proposals, time tracking, and more all in one place. So you can spend less time on admin and paperwork and more time growing your business and serving your customers. Visit freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day completely free trial today with no credit card required. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle and enter the side hustle show in the how did you hear about us section. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this chat with Jacques after the interview. Ready? Let's do it things were going well, but I was working like a crazy person. If you remember, I was doing all my sales over the phone, which is uncommon for online courses. It was an invaluable experience. And I still recommend people start out that way for a whole variety of reasons. I don't do that anymore. I actually turned off the phone calls and turned on the order form page where people could buy online right before my second daughter was born because I knew I wasn't going to have time for the phone calls when she was born in the infant stage. Congratulations. Thank you so much. She just turned a year now. My plan was to turn the phone calls back on because they were such a good experience, but things went really well without the phone calls. And so I left it off. And that's one of many things that has changed in the past year and a half is I'm not selling on the phone anymore. But I just kind of looked up a year, year and a half ago and I was like, okay, what are some of the things that I can stop doing, but is not going to have a negative impact on my business. And so 
I was looking at all the things that took up most of my time, obviously the phone calls, but I was spending- That's curious. So you put it up, you can just buy now instead of having to call me. And there was no change in conversion rate? There was certainly a change. So the numbers are about, if you look at it like a one compared to a 1.2. So with the phone calls, did about a 1.2 times better than without. But if you factor in exactly how much time I was actually spending on the phone calls, I was making like $5 an hour or something like that. Oh, okay. Because not everybody you talk to was going to buy. I think you said maybe a quarter of the people you talked to would close. Yeah, I don't remember the exact close rate numbers from way back then, but it certainly wasn't everybody. So no more phone calls. You just say, okay, buy now on the website. Yeah, well, it's not that simple. There's elaborate sales funnels now. But as far as like other things I was doing, you know, I was spending a, a lot of time in my email inbox, just a ton of time. And some were support requests from students, but most of it is just people going through my email funnel and replying to different parts of my email. They have questions about the course. And, you know, I turned into a glorified support request person. And there's that. There was just YouTube comments, getting several YouTube comments on my videos every day. I just, I'm not the type of person that can just ignore those. And just if somebody leaves me a comment somewhere on the internet, I have to reply. People would leave me comments on Twitter and Facebook and all these different places. And I felt like I could hire one person to help me moderate all these things. And that's exactly what I did. And so I have this person that's working for me. And I don't, I don't even have a great title for her, but she's basically my operations manager is how I like to look at her because without her, like she runs my day-to-day operations now. And her main role is to moderate these comments and help me manage my email inbox. And that has just saved me so much time. She's invaluable to my business at this point. How did you end up connecting with her? Upwork. Okay. It was part luck. I put a post out there and within the first few days... I had only had three applicants and none of them were very strong. But about a week later, she applied and she was just the perfect candidate right from the beginning. And I was looking for somebody because I've worked with like remote workers in various countries before, but I was looking for somebody that spoke in preferably English, like a native English tone, but also preferably American, just tone in their responses and everything. And so she's actually living in Cambodia, but she's living in Cambodia because she married a Cambodian and she's from New York. So it worked out really well. She And she's got a writing background. And now she does even more than that for me. She helps me write blog posts. And she's just been just a, a great find. I think it's been a win-win on both sides. Yeah, Upwork has opened up these kind of like displaced entrepreneurs, displaced freelancers. One of my best hires was an Australian who was living in Costa Rica. And she didn't speak enough Spanish to work locally. So she was working online. Obviously, a lot of trust letting somebody into your inbox responding on your behalf was it just right out of the gate like here's the keys to the kingdom like what was the onboarding process like with her so like a lot of things it got worse before it got better it created more work for me at first but i could see where this was going so it was worth it so for example i'm not going to just trust this at the time random person to log into my email inbox so what we did at first is i would literally take every email from my inbox and put it in a spreadsheet. And then she'd have a column for a response. And we would just start that way. And there'd be a lot of copying and pasting. And it was just a slow progression. And it probably took a good like four to six months to where I fully trusted her to actually log in and do things herself. Yeah, that's good to hear that it wasn't just, oh, yeah, I'll trust you because it's not exactly how I would have said it or whatever else, especially if she's kind of signing your name or representing your brand. What about for technical stuff? I don't know, maybe she is a piano professional. You know, what if somebody's asking you specific questions about the content 
of the course that you know require your expertise. One of the reasons I wanted to outsource this is because I just get, kept getting the same questions over and over and over again. So we have this database of kind of canned responses that she can look to because we get a lot of the same requests or questions. But she also, this is just kind of a bonus, but she does have a little bit of piano experience. So she, and she's actually gone through my course at this point now as well. And so there's rarely a case where she can't address something herself, but if she can't, she'll open the email and create a draft, like a draft reply and put like attention at the top and a reason that it needs my attention. So I'll still log into my email inbox every couple of days and there'll be one or two emails that need my attention and I can see exactly why they do. And I'll just respond directly to those. How do you primarily communicate with her? Actually, we communicate through Upwork still. I didn't plan to use Upwork for this long for the actual relationship with the contractor. Like I knew it was good for hiring and finding finding good people all over the world. But even to this day, we do all of our communication through the little messaging system in Upwork and all of her pay is handled through Upwork still today. It's, it's a great system. Yeah, that is interesting because I've had some contractors who are on a rush to get off the platform and others who are happy to stay on. And it's like, if you end up billing a ton of hours through there, like obviously that's beneficial to them and sure Upwork takes a fee, but like that really bolsters their profile for when they want to find another client down the road or whatever. Is she full-time for you, by the way? No, she does about four hours of work for me a day, seven days a week. Oh, okay. So she's like, you know, just monitoring all these different channels, the emails, the YouTube comments, all this stuff, four hours a day. Right. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. 
What else went on in terms of removing yourself? So you found customer support or email response was, was taking up a lot of your time. What else was on the, the chopping block? Kind of the last big thing that she's doing for me that's really, really helped me as kind of the business owner and the CEO of, of my company, if you will, is she will put together a daily report for me each day. And she's she's exactly 12 hours off for me. So each evening, about 8.15 p.m. for her, she'll put together this daily report. And then when I start my workday at 8.30 in the morning, I look at it and I have so much just automation and different things going on in my business. I want to make sure that nothing's broken and everything's everything's going well. And so I can look at this report and in just a few seconds, get a glimpse and make sure everything's working. And it just starts my day off right because I know everything is working. So making sure my traffic didn't plummet for some reason, making sure my email subscribers are at a certain level, making sure my... SEO rankings are there, my AdWords traffic, just various KPIs I want to see as the business owner to make sure the train's on the track. Okay. Kind of a daily dashboard overview where if something doesn't look right, you could be like, whoa, what happened over there? Exactly. So that's kind of the last big thing that she's doing for me. But to answer your your question about, you know, what what else did I kind of automate or outsource or rethink? How can I save some time? I started to get phone calls to my personal cell phone number. It would be people that would say, hey, Jacques, this is so-and-so. I bought the course a couple months ago. You know, I have this question about G-sharp minor scales or something like that. And I was so confused how these people got my cell phone number. And then I realized when you sell something, your phone number goes on the credit card invoice. And I don't, I don't know why I didn't realize it, but it took many, many of these phone calls. And so what I did was... I changed that phone number in Stripe to be my Google voice number. And then I set up my Google voice number to go straight to voicemail and set up a voicemail that says, hey, this is Jacques. I don't take any support requests over the phone, but you can email me at Jacques at piano in 21 days.com. And those phone calls ended. That's interesting. I didn't realize that either, that people could kind of backdoor their way into your into your personal cell phone. Yeah, it was crazy. And a lot of, because the number is appearing on credit card invoices, I mean, half the calls would be about the charges. Hey, people that signed up for the payment plan, how many charges do I have left to pay you? And the, that's just not the type of phone call I want to be getting on my personal cell phone when I'm outside playing with my kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So Google Voice handles that for you and, and it's I think free still. Yeah. Yes, it is. Well, then that just drives people to send you an email and then your assistant can answer the email. Bingo. Cool. I'm, I'm loving this stuff so far. What else do you got? What else you got? <laughs> so another thing that I have would be that I, I continue to just try to make my course as good as it can possibly be. And if I get the same request over and over again, and, and my assistant Emily keeps me updated on things like this. But if I'm getting the same question over and over again about a certain part in the course, well, then that means I need to go in there and, and fix that inside the course. So I think over time, you know, Piano 21 Days has been around for about six years now. And over time, as these things keep coming up, I keep trying to plug those holes. And so by plugging the holes, you end up with less support requests around those things. So my goal is to end up with as little support requests as possible, because that means the course itself is doing the heavy lifting, which doesn't require anybody else's time. Yeah. It's like on the surface, you built this passive income asset, build it once, sell it over and over again. But there's a lot, a lot of maintenance, a lot of stuff that goes into supporting that. And one of those things was like, oh, I have questions about this. So I think this was really 
smart to say, well, I can improve the course and get fewer questions. Right. And sometimes that means re-recording a whole lesson, but sometimes that means actually you're figuring out that, hey, this is a perfect bonus course for the main offering. And, and I can give you a specific example. I kept getting request after request. Hey, Jacques, I'm having so much trouble coordinating my left and right hands. I can't get my left and right hand to do different things at the same time. And, you know, I had some information in the course about that. And I think my generic response to people was, okay, can you rub your belly and pat your head at the same time? And if they say, well, no, I'm like, okay, well, practice that. And soon you will be able to, and eventually the piano the same way. And if they can, I'll just tell them, okay, perfect. You know, you can obviously do two different things at the same time with your hands. You'll get there with the piano. But I kept, that wasn't good enough. That just wasn't good enough for obvious reasons. And so what I set out to do was actually, okay, let me include a bonus hand coordination course with, with my main Piano in 21 Days offering. And I had put everything in the course I knew about hand coordination already in there. So what I did was I went to YouTube and I typed in hand coordination piano. And the very first video was, was obviously a video about that. And it was really high quality video. I really enjoyed hearing what the guy had to say. So I reached out to the guy and told him, introduced myself and told him, hey, would you be interested in collaborating on a hand coordination course? And he had heard of me before. He actually started a YouTube channel. He didn't have a course himself yet. So he was really interested in working together on this, figuring out what my course creation process was like. And I ended up paying him a one-time fee and I have full ownership of that course. It's about 90 minutes long now. And it's he did an amazing job on it. He went above and beyond up on it. And my students love it. They absolutely love the hand coordination course. And it was the perfect complement to my main course. And I get no questions on hand coordination anymore. Okay, interesting. So going out and finding the expert on this specific sub skill of what you're teaching. And in this case, paying an upfront fee for that which you could afford to do because you already had cash flow coming in and saying, I'm going to trade that for not having to answer any more questions about hand coordination. Yeah. But it's not just about me and not having to answer questions, but it's also about giving my students the best possible experience through this whole process too. Yeah. That's an interesting idea for sure. Because the alternative would have been like, okay, I'm going to go out and study this, become an expert and make my own 90 minute course on how to beef up that section. Right. Are you worried about the guy or girl who's sitting at home trying to come up with piano in 20 days.com? Absolutely not. There's probably thousands of piano courses at this point. And I just, I've really tried to set myself apart by being as personal as possible with my business. People don't know piano in 21 days without knowing Jacques Hopkins. And obviously my, my pitch to you is that I'm going to help you learn as, as quickly as possible. And if somebody comes out with piano in 21, 20 days.com, then they're obviously thinking fast too, but they're not Jacques Hopkins. And if they can attract somebody to whatever style of playing or teaching that they have, great on them. I'm very confident in the way that I teach and my experience level at this point. It's obviously not a new brand or a new company. And so I don't think somebody's going to come in with piano in 20days.com and just completely take all of all of my customers and potential customers. Yeah, it's like there's something about Mary like 7 minute abs or something or 6 minute abs. No, 7 is the number. Right. I think what I'm getting at is is my pitch that I'm going to be the one teaching you and this is who I am, this is my personality, take it or leave it is is almost a bigger selling point than the whole piano in 21 days thing. Sure, sure. Tell me about some of the 
website changes that you've made recently because I noticed this the homepage is quite a bit different and built out from when we first talked. Yeah, I'm I'm always looking to improve and make every aspect of my business as good as possible. Website, funnel, the course itself. This kind of steady state that I've gotten to is, you know, being able to just log in for a few minutes a day. But when I'm not doing anything else, of course I want to continue and make things better. And so a few months ago I was looking at my website and I was like, you know, this is falling behind the times. What I realized was, and, and I don't know why I didn't realize this before, but when you have a website, there's kind of two phases. You have the design phase, and then you have the implementation phase. And I've almost almost always outsourced the implementation side, but designed it myself. Whether that be going to the implementer and be like, okay, I like this element from this website, and I like that element from this website. Can you put all this together and implement this? But I took a step back and I was like, there's design firms out there that specialize this. What if I actually had my site professionally designed? So I did that and it went really, really well. And I'm so happy with where the design of piano in 21 days.com is now. It actually just went up about two weeks ago and I had somebody else design it. And then I had my same implementer implement it. So it actually didn't require a lot of work, just a little more money this time. But I'm so glad that I finally had it professionally designed. Okay. And the primary goal is to get people to sign up for the free course. Yeah. The goal, well, it's actually an evergreen webinar. So my goal is for people to sign up for the webinar where they'll get some free training. And then that's where you would buy the full course as well. Do you find people going kind of shortcutting the funnel in that way? What do you mean shortcutting the funnel? Well, I feel like before it was, okay, people will find me on YouTube and they'll go through this thing. And then what was it? Deadline funnel will open the cart, but only for them for this shortened period of time. It seems like this is more straightforward, very upfront about like I teach this course, whereas before that was more kind of behind the scenes. I see what you're saying. So before with my last sales funnel, which was more of a Jeff Walker product launch formula launch where when somebody opted in for my freebie, they didn't even get pitched the course for like seven days later. So now people can buy the course within an hour or two of actually being introduced to me because of this uh, different type of funnel. And yeah, so that was that's the main motivation there for implementing this type of funnel is because there are people that come to your website that are ready to buy you know, at the beginning and they weren't able to do that before. And so what I've done is I've implemented this webinar funnel, evergreen webinar funnel, and it serves those people really well. But what I've done as well, this is this is working well too, is when somebody goes to the webinar registration page, and like you mentioned, everything on my website now is designed to get people to go to that webinar registration page. When they go there, I want them to register for the webinar. But if they exit, if they try to exit that page without registering for the webinar, I'm sure you, you're familiar, a lot of people listening are familiar with exit intent. Well, a pop-up comes up and says, well, don't leave empty-handed. If you came here just for the workbook, enter your email, I'll send you the workbook. And they don't have to register for the webinar. And if they do that, they actually get into the old funnel. And so I get about half of my email opt-ins are going through the evergreen webinar funnel, and the other half are going through the older product launch formula funnel. And it's really getting the best of both worlds now. Well, that's pretty slick. What's the evergreen webinar software that you use? I'm always curious about people's like technology stack and what you're hosting the course with and stuff. Yeah, it's it's EverWebinar. And then once somebody registers and everything, all their contact details get passed over into my email autoresponder, which is Active Campaign. So EverWebinar handles the reminder emails before the webinar happens, and then it handles hosting the webinar. But after that, all the follow-up emails and everything you get 
reminding people about the course and that they can buy for this period of time happens through Active Campaign. Did you see a sales bump in switching the strategy on the homepage to kind of let people buy within an hour? Yeah, we were only about two weeks in. So it's really hard to tell from from only two weeks. But so far, yes. So far, there's definitely a bump. Now, it's not completely fair because I, I actually created a new package to go along with this evergreen webinar. And I'm just testing. I'm always testing. You know, I was I was an engineer in, in a former life and I'm all about testing. And so I'm sending out these physical packages to people when they buy my top, top end package now. And it includes like a physical copy of my workbook and some physical flashcards and a couple other things. And it's the most premium price product I've ever offered. And so that's selling well with the evergreen webinar format. I try to not change too many things at once so you can really see, look at the data and see what works and what doesn't. In this case, you know, I launched a, a new website with the new funnel, with the new packaging. So that's like three things. <laughs> but I was just so excited about everything. But overall, this whole strategy as a whole in the past two weeks has gone really, really well and certainly better, has performed better than what I had in place before. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's a little bit early to tell. Well, tell me about first the pricing update, because I think before it was much simpler, like kind of like, here's what it is, take it or leave it. Maybe there was one or two pricing tiers. So you've added kind of a high-end offer where you're sending out a physical thing in the mail? That's right. Yeah. So before I had three packages, I called them Entry Essential Elite, $97, $297, And I remember telling you about this last time, and you were very surprised that I was selling something at that price point over the phone. Because a lot of times when people sell over the phone, it's thousands of dollars type of a product. But there's only so much you can charge for people that want to learn how to play piano. I'm not teaching people how to start a six-figure business or anything like that. So that, that's been my pricing for a very long time. And 75-80% of people went with the middle option, the 297 package, which was basically my video course. The 497 package had the video course plus a lot of extra bonuses. And the $97 package was just my workbook. So same curriculum as the course, but in text images instead of videos. Now, I basically turned that top package, I, instead of a lead, I'm calling it ultimate package because I, you know, I asked myself, okay, if I made the ultimate version of my course, what would it look like? And I'm including the physical pack and a couple of new bonuses in there. And that's now $697. And then the essential package is $397 and the entry is, is $147. So I increased pricing. And now, by far... The ultimate package is the is the big seller. Oh, really? So you find more people are going for this almost $700 one. Yeah, I'm making less overall sales, but the price per sale is way higher. People are, are very interested in the physical pack and some of the new bonuses. And being able to sell it to them in such an intimate way with an evergreen webinar, I think is really working. But you know, with online courses, it's very rare that you get something physical in the mail. And I think people really enjoy having something to hold on to when they start something new and also just really enjoy receiving packages in the mail. And I just thought it could complement my offering so well. And so far, so good. Yeah, that's outstanding. Actually, again, you never know until you test, but that's actually significant. So that's really cool. Are you, I mean, this goes against your 10 minutes of work a day kind of thing, but like, are you packaging up and, and shipping the stuff out yourself or how does that part of the fulfillment work? Yeah. So I'm, usually the way I like to do things is try it myself first. And once it's proven, outsource it 
that's the way I did things with like Google AdWords a couple of years ago. I learned it myself. I started getting results, but wasn't interested in doing the day-to-day tweaking and optimizing. Then I outsourced it. And that's kind of what I was thinking with these packs. So my wife and I have actually been teaming up on the packs and, and putting them all together and shipping them out. And once I sell a few more, once a month or two, and I call it success, then I'm going to look for somebody probably in the United States somewhere to outsource this to. And it, it may be like my wife's sister or something. This is not something you have to have a lot of credentials to be able to, to knock out. Yeah. In terms of volume, it's not like you're doing hundreds of these a day. No, about one a day so far with the Evergreen webinar. But every month, I re kind of pitch the course to a segment of my old list. And my list is over 60,000 people now. So I usually have a big spike of sales somewhere in the month because I'm I'm pitching to a quarter of my list somewhere. And I haven't done that with the new packaging yet. So I would like to think that I can continue to average one of these a day, but then somewhere in the month, there's going to be a big spike from remarketing to my old list. Okay. So if somebody goes through the funnel and they don't buy right away, it's like, don't give up on them. You can still close some of those people later on. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons you want to get email addresses, right? Stay in touch with people. Are you sending any other emails out aside from this once a month segmented pitch? I, not Not a lot, Nick. And I'm not saying that's the right way to do it. I think mainly when I, if I do upload like a new YouTube video, I'll email my list just saying, hey guys, uploaded this this new video. Tell me what you think. But other than that, I'm not doing a great job of staying in touch with people. But at a minimum, they get pitched the course every four months when you're on my list. And there's always free training associated with my pitch. So people typically will stick around at least for the free training. So AdWords is still driving traffic. I imagine YouTube is still driving traffic. How else are people finding you or what do you found effective to get people to discover Jacques in the first place? Yeah, that's that's what we're all trying to do. AdWords, still doing a lot with AdWords, probably spending about 5K a month with AdWords. YouTube is still very, very big. I think I crossed over recently 2 million views total on my YouTube channel. But it's still just like two or three videos that are the big ones. I've got one video over a million, another video over 600,000. Success on YouTube, I really feel like, is finding those really big winners. That's what worked for me anyway. And then the third source has become organic traffic. I've really put a lot of effort into SEO the past year, year and a half. And by me, I mean my dollars anyway. I have a firm that does SEO for me. And I think we're up to about 7K a month of AdWords equivalent traffic for SEO, which before that, before I started working with them, I had zero organic search presence at all. But now I'm ranking for terms like... Yeah, well, because there was nothing on the site. There was no right. blog content. It was just like a homepage and sign up for my thing. You'd be so proud to have a blog now that has 115 articles on it. Nice, nice. Have you gotten any feedback from customers that used to get a phone call or used to talk to you one-on-one? And now it's like, well, they still see you. They, you know, they see you on the webinar, they see you on the videos, but it's like not as personal as it, as it once was? Well, the phone calls were for people that wanted to buy the course. And that was kind of the entry into the course. It, it wasn't something that I, I promised really at any other point in time. So no, but like I mentioned earlier, like my name is just as important as my brand. And I want to keep that personal touch. And I feel like that's one of the main reasons that I've been successful. So one of the things I started doing since stopping the phone calls 
was, and it's really funny because I started doing this because I saw Pat Flynn doing it. And I'm sure you know who that is. I'm sure almost everybody listening to your podcast knows who Pat Flynn is. But I started a podcast about a year ago and I like taking online courses. So I took Pat Flynn's online course about how to start a podcast. I signed up for his course. About four hours later, I got a video from Pat Flynn saying, hey, Jacques, so excited you signed up for this. So excited to work with you. It was like 30 seconds long and I I don't have like a generic name. So I knew it wasn't canned and that he actually recorded that video for me. And I was so blown away. He just pre-recorded like the 100 most common names. (laughs) Exactly. I doubt he would have gotten down to Jacques if he would have done that. And I started looking into the software he used to do that. And I was like, man, if a guy like Pat Flynn is doing this for the people that sign up for his course, there is no reason that I shouldn't be doing this for my customers. And the timing was perfect because I kind of just turned off the phone calls. I was like, this is going to be a perfect way to still have that personal touch on the onboarding side of things without spending 30 minutes on a phone call. I can spend 30 seconds on one of these. So the software he uses is called Bonjoro. And I signed up for it the same day. And what I do now is I've got it set up to where when somebody buys my course, a task is automatically created in Bonjoro. So I'll log in. Like this morning, I logged into Bonjoro. And the three people that bought my course yesterday, the tasks were in there. All I had to do is hit record. And I can see their name and what package they bought. And I just start recording a video. It's from my computer or, or my cell phone. And, and I just kind of do what Pat did. I'm like, hey, John, you know, thank you so much for signing up for the new Ultimate Package. So excited to work with you on this. I've got your package right here ready to go out to you. You know, Just send me your mailing address and your t-shirt size. I'll get everything out to you and looking forward to chatting with you more as you go through the course and send it. And I've been doing that for, for about a year now. I've sent over a thousand of those Bonjouros and the response has been awesome. People just are blown away by the personal touch, but I know they are because I've experienced it. I experienced it from Pat Flynn and I'm not saying I'm on the same level as him, but I experienced it. So I know what it feels like, but the feedback has been awesome. And I think, I think if you're selling something online, you could definitely be doing something. There's other services like Bonjoro. Uh, That's what I use. It works really well and it's very inexpensive. This is B-O-N-J-O-R-O.com. The integration with your sales system, is that from Bonjour, is that like a Zapier thing that triggers that? Like, I'm curious how that works. Yeah, I've got it set up through Zapier. So in ActiveCampaign, when they go through the automation for purchasing, that gets sent over to Zapier. And then that creates the task in Bonjoro. That's the way I set it up a year ago. They've since developed a lot of integrations and they now integrate directly with ActiveCampaign. But I don't like messing with a good thing and it's working through Zapier. So I've just left it that way. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So you mentioned starting a podcast. This is not a piano podcast. What's the podcast all about? No, the podcast is about online courses. And and once I kind of outsourced yes. all these things and I got piano in 21 days to a point where basically on a day-to-day basis, I send out these bonjouros. I look at my daily report. If nothing's broken. You know, that's all I have to do on any given day. So I kind of got an opportunity to look up and say, all right, what do I want to do with my life? You know, what am I passionate about? And There's only so much piano content I have. That's why I have a course called Piano in 21 Days. I teach piano competency. I I don't teach any advanced topics. And so cranking out a new piano video or starting a piano podcast or writing a blog post on piano every day is just not, not what I'm about. And so I decided that 
because of Piano in 21 Days, I had gained all of this knowledge about online courses. And I felt like that's kind of what I was next most passionate about. And a podcast just seemed like a really great format for conveying online course information. And I started out with a lot of solo episodes, but now it's turned into just an interview show. And I interview other people with successful online courses. It's one of the highlights of my day now because I sit at home in my home office and I work on this stuff or I play with my kids. But now I get to at least once a day, turn on my video camera and actually meet somebody somewhere anywhere on the world that has done something similar to me where they took whatever knowledge or skill that they had and turned it into an online course. Man, it's just, it's so fun. I mean, you know, you know how much fun podcasting can be. Yeah, that's really cool. And the side hustle stacking, you know, moving on to the next thing. What's cool about, at least from what I could see on <laughs> the online course guy.com is, you know, focused on these hobby courses, not the, like, I'll teach you how to build a six figure online business. Yeah. You know, I try to get as personal as possible with piano in 21 days. And so I figured why not do that with the online course guy as well. And I just, I want to make it clear that, look, guys, I'm not the world's best online course person or the world's best online business person, but here's what I've done with piano in 21 days. I knew nothing about online marketing. I knew nothing about online courses over time. Slowly, I've been able to build it to where I was able to quit my job make a good income, support my family with it. From a topic like piano, which is pretty much as far away as you can get from teaching other people how to make money. Unlikely, unless you're going to the dueling piano bar for tips or you know <laughs> playing some concert in the... Yes. Yeah, unlikely to be a moneymaker. Exactly. So that that's my pitch is if you want to learn from somebody to do an online course from somebody that has been successful in something like piano, I, I'm here for that. But if you want to learn from somebody much bigger than me who specializes in this, that you know, those people are certainly out there as well. But to your question and to your point, yeah, that that's more of my focus is more on the hobbies because when somebody doesn't see the direct ROI on their purchase, it, it can be harder to sell to them and harder to market to them. When somebody signs up for my piano course, especially now with a package that's $697, they're never going to get a single dollar of that back. It takes a lot of work and it takes knowing what you're doing to be able to convince them that they're going to get $697 or more of value out of what they're buying from me. So have you gone down the same path with the online course guy to kind of replicate the course funnel? Or is there is there a course? Like I'll teach you the super meta topic of how to I have, a, I have a course about online courses. Yes. So I do have a course and the course itself is mainly focused on kind of like a curtain rollback behind Piano in 21 Days. Like, hey, if you want to see a successful online course and all the ins and outs of the way that I've done things, I do have a few other examples like of other people, relationships that I've built through the podcast. So you're not just looking at Piano in 21 Days, but that is the focus. That's how the course works. So I, I built the course. There's a very basic funnel involved. The podcast sits at the top of the funnel. That's how people get into it and then end up getting into the course as well. So it took a lot of effort to build all that out. But now that it's built, I just sit back and record podcasts. And that allows me to jump back over to Piano in 21 Days and rebuild the website and funnels. And it's it's kind of fun to jump back and forth into the two worlds. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a Nathan Berry quote from ConvertKit about, you know, there are those who do, and then there are those who do and can teach. And if you can do both, like you open up this whole new revenue stream, whole new whole new world, whole new opportunity. So really cool to see you working on that as well. Yeah, but I, I never want to get too far away from Piano 21 Days either. Like I don't want to, I don't want to sell out or anything like that, but it's something that people were asking me for. They were asking for coaching, like, hey, can you show me how you made Piano 21 Days successful? And so just like I did with my piano course when people ask hey i have these problems with hand coordination when people ask for something you know i like to build it so that's why i built the online course guy yeah absolutely so the online course guy.com that is jacques new project new passion project piano in 21 days.com of course if you want to check out the piano stuff let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for side hustle nation 2018 edition well, I think last time I talked about a hook and, and that comparing it to Piano in 21 Days, I don't just sell generic piano lessons. I sell the ability for somebody to learn piano, to be able to play piano in as little time as possible. And so it's, it's all about that hook, but I think it's all about the experience as well. So when you want to have a customer, when you want somebody to buy something from you, you need to think about that transformation, wh- what they're going to look like at the end, but you also want to focus on giving them that ultimate experience throughout the process. And that's what I've been thinking about a lot lately. And that's why I'm sending out physical packs and, and including some extra bonuses with my newest course and really thinking about not only the transformation, but also the experience itself too. Think about that customer transformation. Think about that experience. Super powerful. I really like it. Jacques, thanks so much for joining me again. Great stuff as always. And we'll catch up soon. Thanks, Nick. This edition of the Side Hustle Show is brought to you by FreshBooks.com. Here's side hustler turned full-time entrepreneur Grayson Bell on why he likes FreshBooks. What's up, Side Hustle Nation? This is Grayson from iMarkInteractive.com. I run a WordPress maintenance and support company that helps bloggers and site owners get started and run on WordPress. I've been using FreshBooks for a little bit over a year now, and it has made my business so much easier to run. I can bring all my expenses in automatically from PayPal, my credit cards, my bank account. I can send recurring invoices to my customers on a regular basis without having to think about it. The payment options are awesome. I've saved thousands with PayPal fees by using their PayPal for business setup. Their support is great. Their interface is easy to use. I've been a fan of FreshBooks and I'll continue to be a fan of FreshBooks. It's streamlined to help my business grow. Visit freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day free trial today. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle for your free 30-day trial. All right, my top three takeaways from this call with Jacques. Number one is to plug the holes. It's going to be hard to sail your side hustle ship and especially hard to sail it well if you're leaking time all over the place. So that's where Jacques started with plugging the holes. In his case, he took a look at where his hours were going. And, you know, I typically advocate for like physically tracking your time, either in Excel or with some time tracking app. And he found that email and customer support were taking up big distracting chunks of hours. So he set out proactively to remove himself from those tasks, even though it wasn't an overnight thing. And maybe you've thought this to yourself, well, I can't hire for that because by the time I train somebody, it would have been faster to just do it myself. And I've been in that position a lot. It's actually tough to overcome because upfront, you're going slower. You're going, you know, one step backwards to hopefully take two steps forward down the road once that person or persons are up to speed. 
So I thought that was very forward thinking of Jacques to make that hire, to invest the time in training, to be patient with it, and ultimately to reap the rewards. And even if that person leaves, now he's got all the procedures and processes and canned responses out of his head. So if he has to bring on a new person, I think it'll go a lot faster the second time around. Plug the holes. Hopefully this conversation got you thinking about what holes are in your business, where your time is leaking out of your 24-hour bucket, as it definitely did for me. Takeaway number two is to keep an eye on your KPIs. Those are your key performance indicators. I really like the daily dashboard report that Jacques shared, especially if somebody else is compiling that data. And it might not make sense in your business to look at those numbers like every single day, but a lot of the time, the people I talk to aren't even sure what numbers they should be tracking. You know, what factors are the the trigger points or the lead dominoes in your business? Which are the vital few metrics that, if you can track and improve, make the biggest impact on your bottom line? For me, in years past, I tracked KPIs like cost per click, revenue per paid click was a big one for me. More recently, I look at stuff like daily new email subscribers, email signup rates, podcast downloads. But the point is here to figure out you know, what are the key performance indicators in your business and then keep an eye on them. Like Peter Drucker tells us, what gets measured gets managed. And takeaway number three is to test your assumptions. We might have some assumptions about what your audience wants or what they're willing to pay for, but until you test that, you never really know. Maybe those assumptions are limiting beliefs. I imagine that when Jock was starting out, he would have been surprised to find people willing to pay him nearly $700 to learn piano. But I think his number one tip is the key here. Think about the customer transformation and what that transformation might be worth to the right customer. And then go out and test it. Optimize everything, get a little bit better every day. What do you think? Let me know in the comments for this episode, sidehustlenation.com slash Jacques2. While you're there, be sure to download the free PDF highlight reel with all of Jacques' top tips from the call and check out the links to all the resources mentioned as well. If you like what you hear on the Side Hustle Show, be sure to hit the subscribe button on your podcast player app. That way you'll never miss an episode. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show where I'm breaking down the 15 or so income streams I'm working on right now. I'll see you then. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.